You can now hear Tech Actually on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly on your iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or WebOS device. The latest episode is always available for you. No syncing needed, no memory wasted. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Actually, episode 111, or 111. I like that. It's a good number. <laughs> For the 4th of December, 2010, I am Dave McVeigh, and I am joined in studio, hopefully, by Josh Philpott. I am here, and I'm still all right. <laughs> Sorry. You see, we could have got away with that one. You, no one would have noticed that I was running around trying to get headphones plugged in and organized, but you had to bring attention to I it. I love it. So. We start 15 minutes late, and yet we're still not ready to go. <laughs> All right, what is this? This is the official tech podcast of GeekActually.com. Uh, this is kind of where we take a slightly lighter-hearted look at the week in tech. Um, uh, we tried doing hard news. It doesn't really work. It's like I, <laughs> We tried once. It, it we tried. It doesn't really. work. No, you know, it's interesting um, uh, that... The big news of this week, of course, is not in the show notes, because the big news of this week, of course, was the whole WikiLeaks thing, which mm. went on and on and on. There's articles up coming out of the ass on WikiLeaks and all the latest. And I just looked at it all, and I just went, I don't care anymore. What's this about? Oh, it's the whole Julian Assange was, he basically, his Swedish servers fired him and kicked him out. And so he went and he, uh, he uh, got an Amazon uh, S3 server. So he was sitting on the Amazon servers and within one day they kicked him out. And now he's gone back to Sweden and he's got a Swedish server again. And at the same time. What does time, this guy do? This is the guy who runs Wiki, WikiLeaks. Oh, right. Julian Assange. And at the same time, Interpol now has a warrant out for his arrest because they're now considering uh, all of his leaks on the um, um, Iraq and Afghanistan war and all that sort of stuff as basically spying. And so they're bringing charges against him for espionage because he's releasing all this. At the same time, authorities have actually reinstigated the warrants against him for arrest for the rape charges that were leveled against him. What? yeah, because remember, they had the rape charges, then it was dropped, and now it's come back, and so now it's back again. So now, apparently, he's taken up residence in Switzerland. Of course he has. And all I could think is, why don't all criminals just go to Switzerland? I mean, you know, the Swiss seem to have a high tolerance for all of this crap, you know? Yeah. After the Rome Polanski thing, why not? Anyway, so I got to a point where I looked at all of this news, and I just went, I don't care anymore. <laughs> you know? I thought, I think what WikiLeaks does is valuable. I think the idea of being able to do things like when the blacklist thing was happening and he published the list of things that were yeah. on the blacklist, this is what WikiLeaks is good for. Yeah. You know? It's that idea of being able to expose the truth on stuff. Mm. But ever since they started releasing all of this war documentation, and yes, I think it is valuable for people to know the truth, and yes, I think that, you know, I don't think we should be hiding behind closed doors, and even experts have now come out saying that they don't think that these, no- these leaks have actually put any lives in danger as such, mm. which is one of the concerns. I just think it's too much. Yeah. We've gotten to the point now where after hundreds of thousands of posts of leaked stuff, I don't care anymore. I'm yeah. numb to it now. And all I can think is, and the fact that he's having all these legal troubles kind of makes me think, you know what? If I don't trust the source anymore, mm. why would I trust the site? Yeah. You know? And, and, of course, he's crying foul and saying it's all, you know, conspiracy and they just don't like him. And it's probably true. Who knows? But I don't care anymore. Yeah. So I just kind of went, you know what? I'm not going to put WikiLeaks in the home notes. I just don't and care. And yet we talked about it anyway. Well, that's it. I, I've summed it all up. That's all the week's worth of WikiLeaks summed up into three and a half minutes. All right? So... So All right, there so let's you go. move on. So let's move on and say that something that's a little bit closer to our heart, which is the Attorney General's uh, our meeting on December 10th. Yeah, it's official. Uh, it's official. So the meeting is on December 10th to make a decision about the R18 plus rating. On games, along other things. We make it sound like that's all that's on the agenda. I mean, you know, I'm sure there are other many pressing legal matters that are it's on It's probably these. like a five-second yeah, it's, 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 it's like, <laughs> so R18, we doing this? Yeah, it's like, yep. Yeah. Right, are we cool. going to make all those neat nerds and geeks feel better? Yeah, all right, yeah. what the hell? You know, it's like, or, no, you know, suffering the jocks, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so they are going to have their meeting, and hopefully we will have some sort of answer. But mm. that actually wasn't the news. Yeah. What was the news 
which I actually thought was much more interesting, was the fact that a government study came out. The results for um, a government-funded study came out on the effects of video games on... Oh, shit, hold on a second. I've lost my page now. Sorry, I'm, I'm flicking around pages here, and I put the wrong page. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase because I put the wrong link in here, so you're probably looking at the wrong link as well. But mm. anyway, this government study that basically came out and said that it was found it was completely inconclusive, and there was no proof positive at all that violent games created violent behavior. There you go. They actually said no more than any other media format. Exactly. So basically they said, so that argument, and this is a government-funded study, basically yeah. came out and said, it's no different. Yeah. You know? And there was no different changes in behavior or anything. So, yeah. And now that study is going to go to the governor general. Exactly. So you've got that, and you've got the actual petitions that, uh, as we said, Kate Lundy uh, submitted to the Senate floor. Mm. I think we're, we're in a good position right now. If we ever had a chance. If we ever had a chance, this is the chance we have. Yeah. Okay? And I just wanted to raise one more point. This was actually something that Delta sent through, and I just thought this was really funny. Uh, it is actually a link from Gizmodo. It is a screen capture, which I don't have here, but if you go to the link in the show notes, you'll be able to see the screen capture. Mm. It's a page from Amazon.com. Yeah. And it's actually for adult reusable cotton poly snap diapers. <laughs> Large size, 32 yeah. inch to 46 inch each. That wasn't the funny part. At the bottom of the listing, it actually says frequently bought together with. You know how Amazon does the frequently bought together with. Frequently bought together with uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. Wow. No way. (laughs) That's hilarious. So gamers, game on, old people. (laughs) That's all I can say. Game on. Oh, wow. Oh, sorry. It wasn't Black Ops. Call of Duty 4. Call of Duty 4. Call of Duty 4, which is a World War II one, isn't it? No, Call of Duty 4 is the first uh, oh, Modern the first, Warfare. Oh, the first Modern Warfare. There you go. Okay, That's so no, gross. And this was apparently true. That's so gross. That's not gross. It's old people playing Xbox games. You it's don't know that. It might be normal-aged people buying diapers to play video games. Look, there has to be an awful lot of people buying adult diapers to get this combination of listings. Okay? I don't think it's just sick people our age. I think it is also the aged. All right? But I think it's fantastic. I say game on, senior citizens. Well, yeah. My favorite customer that I ever had when I worked at a game store was a 90-year-old dude that played Call of Duty online, and he had a higher rating than I did. The guy was incredible. (laughs) 90 years old, and he could still play and kick the ass out of 16-year-olds in America. The trick is, he was probably in the Great War and used to kick ass. (laughs) (laughs) He was was a very well-balanced individual, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) That's fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> right. Now, do you love your PS3? Uh, yeah. Yeah? No. Um, I don't have a PS3, but if you love your PS3, you might like this. This is from the U.S. Air Force, and it's 1,760 PS3s networked together. Why? Why? Because they actually use it for creating battle simulations and stuff like that. It says here in this article on Gizmodo that... Um, Uh, 168 separate graphical processing units and 84 coordinating servers to form the Air Force is calling the fastest interactive computer in the entire Defense Department. It also, the military claims, the 33rd largest computer of any kind in the world. Nice. Uh, They refer to it as the Rat King. I like what James from Melbourne has to say. He says that that would be a very hot room, especially considering all of those are 60 gigs or at least 40 to 60 old style ones so wow that's just wow and it does go on to say that uh uh that uh, they've just you know put all this together and it says that the air force research lab uh mark barnell recognizes that the cell technology powering ps3 is no longer the bee's knees Mm. uh and says that we are looking forward to working with the next generation of architecture uh, which is formal talk for we're looking forward to going out and buying 2,000 PlayStation 4s. <laughs> so basically they're using it for creating graphical simulations and stuff like that. It's an amazing array of stuff. And all I can think, though, is, wow, PlayStations. You would think you'd be able to buy or build an array of computers that could hmm. do the same basic function. I'm not sure why they think PlayStations is the way to go. Obviously, there's something about the architecture that really lends itself to what hmm. they're doing. So I just thought that was really neat. 1,760 consoles in one place. That's wild. (laughs) That's just wild. (laughs) All right. 
Now, the other question we had this week was, it's time for the um, handheld unit shuffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, shit. Do you want to watch this ad or do you want to get past? Go past. Go away. I don't want you. Go away. Okay. Um, all right. So the Kindle apparently – now, the Kindle has only really become available to us Australians uh, in the last few months yeah. uh, with the international version. But the Kindle has been out in the States for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And it has been dominant on the handheld market because of the ebook readers and so forth. However, it basically says here that their market share is now starting to slip. Yeah. It fell 15% points, uh, 15 percentage points to 47% of market, according to Change Wave Research. Hmm. Uh, in the same time frame, the iPad's share rose 16% uh, to 32%. So even though it is still less than the Kindle, it has risen dramatically. And the rest of the market basically is dominated by Sony readers and Barnes & Noble nooks at 5% and 4%. So hmm. the two key players here in the handheld market are Kindle and iPad. Mm. Now, this brings up a very interesting question because this week Panasonic came out with a um, look at their new gaming, handheld gaming console. Yeah. Now, it hasn't been built yet. This is all speculation. This is all demo and so forth. I have a picture of it here. It's called The Jungle. And it looks like this. It looks like a little handheld gaming unit. And they're actually hoping that there is still room in the handheld gaming company to basically bring Panasonic back to the gaming. Dude, I'm, I'm actually all for them trying because, I mean, realistically, I want to say a few things. Number one, uh, we have to all realize that the PSP is not a viable unit anymore. Well, and we can see that by the market share. Exactly. And, like, it's falling. Um, let's say the in unit the, itself, we talked about Kindles and iPads, but let's face it, in the gaming market, Josh, you would, can, you would back me up on this by saying that the gaming market at the moment is held share-wise would mm. be the Nintendo DS yeah. followed by iOS devices. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, like, I mean, with the PSP trailing so bad, I mean, it's not difficult to steal a market from that. I mean, the device is coming out from Japan which means that um, Japan is always up for new tech, mm. always up for new tech. And um, to be honest, I will be jumping on this the second it gets it. I am always for the next new gaming device because the reality is the people that avoid it are the people that sometimes kill what could possibly be a great device. I mean, you now, look at something me like something, the Dreamcast. Tell me something, because I'm not as good with the gaming uh, stuff as you are. I mean, yes. this is your forte. It says here that Panasonic is trying to re-enter the handheld gaming yes. market. What was their previous handheld well, gaming Well, they... Market? Look, I mean, way, 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 way back in the day, man. They they had things, and I mean, they have tried once or twice to jump back in as well. Because I, I know like, Sega had that... Um, uh, the Genesis? No, uh, no. Sorry, uh, the um, Game Gear. Game Gear, which yeah, I actually yeah. really liked, but it was... I mean, play, it's funny. I remember playing with the Game Gear back in the day. Yeah. And thinking this is the coolest thing ever made. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but then I, when Stubby brought his in for that retro show on, on platforms, it's like I'm holding it in my hand going, I can't believe how big this thing is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I don't remember it being this big. It seemed so small at the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they were actually um, – Panasonic, dude, were the people behind the 3DO, which uh, I'm not sure oh, if you Oh, I know that, the 3DO, but, uh, yes. Yeah, the 3DO <laughs> was um, – yeah, and uh, yeah, thank you. Someone in the chat room is agreeing with me. The uh, Dreamcast died out way too quick. The, yeah, the, the, I agree 3DO, with that too. the 3DO had some really good games, and it had a really good chance to hit the market. It just it never kicked off, mm. and it's kind of upsetting because it's like you know, a 3DO is a good machine. Yeah, um, but uh, the other machine I quite liked, but it was way too late and way too big. Yeah. Was uh, and this isn't handheld; this is console market. But the Neo Geo I really liked as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no. it was it was too late, too expensive, and too big. Um, but like, what excites me is this actual almost leads towards and I don't want to say it because I mean we haven't seen anything yet but the reality of it is that they're talking about it as if it's kind of like a miniature version of it's almost PC because it has a touchpad and a keyboard and the question is does it have a phone I don't know because I'll make you bet it does yeah, because this is where it's all going at the moment. Everybody wants a phone in their stuff, no matter if it makes sense well, or not. Dave, there's actually wording in the article that you should really pay attention to, mm-hmm. which is it says Panasonic Cloud. Thank you for pointing out that I don't read my articles. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just saying this is an important feature to uh, to bring up is the fact that the Panasonic Cloud Entertainment Company. Yeah. So it's cloud gaming, it's which cloud gaming I don't have a problem with. If they make it work, if they look, I mean, if they can make it work, if they can make it work well. I'm in. Like, I mean, cloud gaming is right, right at the tip of where we are right now. Mm. And, and 
you know, like there are a lot of devices testing it at the moment. Well, there's that new cloud service that's just launched as well in America, yeah. uh, which basically uh, you don't require to buy any of the games. You play everything online. Well, I mean, like people have to understand this technology isn't new. I mean, uh, Steam's been doing cloud yeah, but Steam still requires you to download the client to your machine. This service that's going in America right now, which I, the name is going to my head, chat room, if you can remember it, OnLive, on thank you, OnLive, yeah. where literally you just log into the website and you play the games right there. Yeah. So what's the difference? One's a program, the other one's a web-based Well, so what, basically what they're saying with OnLive is, and uh, I'm sure I'm simplifying this too much, mm-hmm. but basically it's saying that you don't need to have the latest, greatest, fastest machine because you're not running the game. The game is running on the cloud. You're just looking at it through a portal, basically. Yeah. Um, and you, st- from what I understand, you have to have an on-live computer. You have to have something that's specifically built for this service. So I'm talking about uh, application. You're talking about buying a computer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. We'll look into on-live and we'll find out more about it. But on-live just launched, and apparently it's yeah. kind of interesting to have a look at. Well, like, I mean, Panasonic are doing a really smart uh, idea because I mean the concept uh, when you look at that picture can we get the picture back up just for uh, yes yes I can yep. bring the picture here's the jungle if you look at the uh, the jungle quite carefully I mean you could see the size of it I mean like the corner of a keyboard we're talking kind of no bigger than kind of your hand mm-hmm. um, so the device is and small also obviously has a f- is that a flip around screen or is that the back of the screen no no uh, it's, it's oh, a the flip back. up so it's, it's a, a flip up it's a clamshell yeah, it's a clamshell design you've got the trigger buttons on the sides you've got an uh, like a toggle um, there's, a touch D, there's, a, there's a D-pad. Yes, there. exactly, a yeah. D-pad. There's a yeah. touch D-pad, and um, there's a keyboard below it. So it's I'd like, like to see another picture of this. I'd like to see it flipped around. Yeah, no, um, I really I really always get excited about the new concept of, of someone trying to re-enter the market because it takes balls nowadays to jump into the mm. game market. And um, I'm going to support I'm gonna support this. I want to see what they can do. I'll be interested to see. So, uh, yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying keep your eyes on this one because cloud gaming's coming whether we like it or not, so we should be supporting it. Yeah, well, and this is... Was it, um, Sony tried this with the PSP <coughs> Go. <clears throat> um, that didn't work so well out for them. No, point. but yeah. the, the problem that I had with the PSP Go from day one was that they were basically saying, um, we're going to give you a device, we have to buy all your games from us, they're going to be overpriced, Yeah. and basically uh, you have to use a stupid charge cable... You have to use a retarded-shaped device. And this is after they've already been through the same thing. They didn't upgrade the tech. They didn't upgrade the way that it looked. They didn't give us the two (laughs) D-pads. Everyone's been asking about. It's typical Sony to just ignore what everybody wants and give us shit instead. Mm. So, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Uh, now that's my rant. That's your rant. My turn to have a my turn to have a little bit of a rant here. I think because the FCC uh, in America, and this is not related to Australians at all, but the Australians get it's like the Australians strike back. It's like the dun 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 because the FCC came out with their net neutrality announcements finally this week. And you, uh, the net neutrality announcements have been backwards and forwardsing over America for ages now, basically, where they're saying, you know, people want throttling on certain servers but not on other servers. And basically net neutrality is rules that basically say there will be no throttling. You can't isolate what bandwidth you're bringing in. Bandwidth is bandwidth, right? Everybody gets a fair shake. The downside of this, before the Americans start jumping up and down saying, yay, oh, you found another picture of it, cool. Uh, Before the... uh, before the uh, Americans start jumping up and down saying, yay, we won, there is a downside to this. And the downside is that it will probably bring on tiered downloading, which means you have to pay for what level of bandwidth you want to pull down. And all I can say to that is, welcome to our world, baby. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the other side of the fence. Enjoy it. It's painful and it never goes away. Welcome to shaping. Welcome to what are my limits this month? Yeah. <laughs> have I peaked? Yeah. And you're all of a sudden going to be downloading apps like Quota and really worrying yeah. about them. And you're not going to be able to say, oh, I'm just streaming all my television through Hulu. You're not going to yeah. be able to stream everything through Hulu. You will wipe yourself out. All right. A couple of uh, interesting things just yes. quickly because I just found out. Number one, uh, the uh, jungle, the Panasonic jungle will be using Android, apparently. Okay. And uh, it has two touchpads. That's what, a lot of people, that's what a lot of people have been saying for the that's PSP. That's really exciting. That's really exciting. I don't care. Like, I think this thing could decimate. Like, just looking at the design, I mean, I don't know whether people can really see it very well. Let's see if I can tip that up. That way. Oh, not... wait, I got the lock on. Oh. Uh, see, and you can't just easily flip that little switch now, can you? <laughs> You're such a hater, Dave. You're such a hater. All right, cool. Let's try that again. Jump. 
All right, so there's a picture of it. Let's see if I can get that a little larger. That's actually so, a really pretty machine. Yeah, it's a really pretty machine. I don't like the fact that there's so much real estate taken to the screen bevel, though. I'd like to have seen a bigger screen put on it. Hey, again, we don't know how good the resolution is. That's true. Push the resolution That's far true. enough. Come on, man. When was the last time you had a problem with your uh, iPhone 4's resolution? But my iPhone has got a bigger screen than that. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, fair enough, fair. All right. Huh, it's so shiny, says Numero Zero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, now, uh, Callicent says, speaking of the lock thing, does the mute switch actually work for anyone else because it doesn't work for me? Okay, let's explain the mute switch. The mute switch works exactly the same way as the iPhone. All it mutes, and this is why it's the most stupid thing on the iPad. On the iPhone, it makes sense, but on the iPad, it doesn't make sense. It will not mute music playback or video playback or any of those sort of things. What it does mute is alerts. Now, you don't really get that many alerts on the iPad. So it feels to me like they're gearing up for much more traffic. They're gearing up for much more in the way of alerts. Things like on the next edition of iPad, there may be a front-facing camera, so that means FaceTime callings and stuff Mm. like that. Um, But at the moment, it feels like such a redundant, stupid mute switch when all you have to do is push and hold down the volume button for one second, and it mutes anyway. And that's a true mute that mutes everything. The mute switch on the side only mutes alerts. So if you're trying to mute the music playback, that's not going to work. Yeah. It is a stupid, stupid, stupid update. And Apple really blew it on this one. It should be a software thing. If you choose to have it on, you can. If you choose to use it as a rotation lock, use it as a rotation lock. It is not the same device as an iPhone, and they need to get that through their thick skulls. Okay. Now I got that out of my system. <laughs> Sorry. I've been living with this, this rotation lock thing now for a couple of weeks, and it bugs the hell out of me because I use it all the time. And, yep. I, and I continually go to switch it and go, oh, shit, that's right. I have to double click. <laughs> so anyway. Um, now, is this not the best Wi-Fi host name you've ever seen? This was actually picked up. Somebody you know, went to see what Wi-Fi networks was around them. Gizmodo, po- I think it was Gizmodo posted this. Um, uh, yeah, Gizmodo posted this up. And I just thought this was brilliant. I had to share this page with our, with our listeners here. Look at this page. This is the Wi-Fi networks around. Look at the bottom one. FBI surveillance van 42. <laughs> you are freaking kidding. That I is can, hilarious. I can guarantee you that that is somebody's house. And all I could say is, I wish I had thought of that first. Yes, exactly. That is just glorious. <laughs> that is brilliant. I wish I would thought of that. I would have, I don't know, ASIO spy network, you know, safe house. <laughs> Oh, bless you, dude. I think, I think that is just awesome. So, <laughs> um, so it makes me wonder. We should all just start putting wild and wacky names as our... As our um, well, dude, remember names. I was telling you, one of my favorite ones is the guy next door when I first moved in because I didn't have net and we didn't have portable devices like we had now. And basically I started using this guy's internet to check my email every now and then. And all of a sudden one day it went off and I came back and it had a password and the thing was go away. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that guy. (laughs) I don't care that I lost internet for the rest of the week. All right. We've got uh, freak. Uh, Welcome freak. You're new. I haven't seen you before. Uh, I haven't even made that connection. Um, That was what that name was. Freak has said, damn, I'm switching my SSID now. (laughs) And, And Delta Knight says the problem is I work down the road from Asia. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't want to put, like, Taliban headquarters or something no, like that. No, 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 no. That would be a really bad idea. Uh, Freak says, a.k.a. Tristan. Hello, Tristan. Um, okay. Uh, bumping into the walls all day, changing SSID to FBI surveillance and making it open. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, now, speaking of governments... And uh, the Americans in particular, who are insane, but this is actually an Australian article, so I guess we have to deal with us as well. Cybercrime is now considered bigger than the drug trade, and it, can, it is considered to be growing. Wow. Um, now, when we talk about cybercrime, we're not just talking about like massive hacks where banks are robbed. Things like uh, 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 password freaking, uh, taking over people's websites, DDoS attacks. And in the case of this guy who's brought up in this article, uh, which was on Google News, mm. uh, he went to use his ATM machine, uh, did a withdrawal. And then the next day when he went to pay for something, all of his money was gone because the ATM machine had tracked his PIN number yeah. and basically had wiped out his account. So we're talking about any kind of cybercrime where computers are used in some method or form, even if it's somebody hacking into your... Does that include, though, piracy? Uh, I believe it does, yes, it does. 
Yeah, now if it didn't include piracy, I don't think it would be nearly as big. And speaking of piracy, uh, so this basically uh, this is the lead-in to our other story. Uh, and there's lots we could talk about where we talk about you know all the specific instances of what digital thievery is, and you know phishing sites, and oh my god, it goes on forever. The type mm. of cybercrime. Yeah. ICE, uh, which is the uh, U.S. Homeland Security's Immigration and Customs Enforcement mm. Wing, um, has started to pull down and confiscate uh, domain names. They're basically just without, wow. without warrant or anything, they're just basically closing down sites and just sucking the, the site away. And if you are unlucky enough to be hit by ICE in this situation, this is what will be on your webpage. It just comes up and says, uh, this domain name has been seized by ICE, Homeland Security Investigations Pursuant of Seizure Warrant, issued by the United States District Court under the authority, blah, 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 blah. And it goes on from there. Wow. And your site is just seized, and they're saying pursuant to warrant, okay? Um, the Department of Homeland Security's ICE has launched a major crackdown on websites enabling copyright infringement. This is uh, from, uh, this article, by the way, is from Business Insider. Mm. Uh, that says, uh, so we're not talking about like, you know, some you know, loose group saying, oh, look what they're doing. This is Business Insider, all right? Uh, and in the past few days, I've seized at least 12 domains. Yeah. Mostly torrent sites. Um, it says the sites fall into two categories, torrent sites and enable download of copyright music and sites selling knockoffs of trademarked goods like designer handbags. A uh, controversial bill that would allow the attorney general to shut down domains on similar grounds was recently derailed. Yeah. So the attorney generals tried to allow themselves to get this done. Hmm. They were turned down. And so the Department of Homeland Security said, oh, fuck it, we'll do it anyway. Wow. And it's like, my first question is, what the fuck does Homeland Security have to do with copyright? Yep. I d- d- you know? Just, wow. <laughs> All I can sit there and say is, don't they have terrorists to capture? <laughs> Pretty sure that's what they were all about, really. Yeah, I don't know. And it's just this, once again, the RIAA and the MPAA in America having far too much power and basically being able to influence government agencies like Homeland Security to basically say, you should be enforcing our rules. No, they shouldn't be enforcing your rules. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with them. It's like customs searching people's laptops without warrant or cause for pirated material. It's yeah. got nothing to do with the TSA. The yeah. TSA is about stopping bombs getting on the plane. Exactly. You know, no. Copyright infringement and national security don't go together. Mm-hmm. This is not the same thing. Agreed. And all I can say is they are spending far too much time on this bullshit. Yeah. Um, and I think the fact that they can just go out there and seize people's domains like this is, is just shitful. And we have hope. We have hope? We have hope. Talk to me. We have hope. Yeah. Pirate Bay co-founder... Now, I don't know if I trust anything from the Pirate Bay, but Pirate Bay co-founder um, and other groups uh, have basically – now, the Pirate Bay co-founder's name uh, has slipped my mind for a second here. I will have it one second. Uh, uh, Peter Sund mm. um, has gotten together, and they are working on basically an open DNS. They're working on the idea of – a non-structured DNS, which is not hosted by one particular server. So basically bypassing ICANN and wow. all of those other DNS servers and basically saying, fuck you. It should just be peer-to-peer. Everything should be peer-to-peer. And so they are working on a technology that would allow them to direct browsers to peer-to-peer domains through a decentralized BitTorrent-style system. That's amazing. Wow. And that, basically, that, and that basically takes away everybody's authority. How yeah. do you stop that? You know? Yeah, and all they have to do is uh, like make make their headquarters out in the middle of the ocean, and there's just no law governing it at all. I got an idea, Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes, fucking Swiss. I swear, <laughs> it's fantastic. Come to Switzerland. Anything goes in Switzerland. <laughs> That's what they used to say about Sweden, but Sweden seems to be locking everything down. But Switzerland, wow, you can get away with murder, uh, quite literally. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yes, so this is going to be very interesting to see if this actually happens. Whether or not a decentralized group of people can actually get together and organize themselves enough to organize something of this scale... um, And Northy in our chat room says, but the American government will just call them terrorists. You know, you're trying to derail the, the... Central organization. Yeah, so I'd love to see them get away with that one. Yeah. <laughs> without anyone noticing. <sighs> it, says, it says, so uh, you want to be quick and register at www.geek.p2p. 
Oh, there we go. And Callison says, not a URL, by the way. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> but it may be. It will eventually. So this will be .p2p networks, quite frankly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be very interesting if this actually works. Um, and I'll tell you what, that's going to affect business in yeah. a big way. Because if you think about it, um, if you decentralize it, whole companies will basically fold that their entire business is registering domains. Yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, no, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting move. And I don't know if they're actually going to be able to. I think the guy from Pirate Bay may disappear. <laughs> he might go live with Assange of WikiLeaks. I think he should run yeah. before he gets caught yeah. because people are going to find you and My question do is, stuff to you. I thought the two co-founders of Pirate Bay were going to jail. How is he still running around doing stuff? He's in Switzerland. He's in Switzerland. <laughs> this must be a Swiss thing. There you go. There's a show title. Must be a Swiss thing. Gadgets. <laughs> All right. Uh, gadgets. Uh, geek girls rejoice. We actually talked about this um, a few weeks ago. Actually, yeah, several we weeks didn't ago. quite know We didn't what understand it what it was, and I've actually managed to find the details on this now. So geek girls out there, you can actually all now wear, and of course this really is only an excuse so I can put a girl in a bra on the screen, which yes. you know, I like to be able to put half naked Carry on, carry on. This is the Space Age bra that we talked about with the foam designed by NASA. Now, this is a smart bra. (laughs) Please explain. I'm going to see if I can explain this the best way I can. But basically, it's a special foam that they use for aircraft cushions um, that uh, that actually changes. It molds itself to the pilot, first of all. And then with things like temperature, actually has the ability to change its density. Right. Right. So what they're saying with a girl is that as she, if say she's working out or something like that, yeah. the foam will actually change shape to help yeah. add more support because it will detect the heat in the body and right. stuff like right. that. So right. it's a very interesting concept. But one of the things I really loved about this article was they actually said that it can probably actually flirt for you because when they get excited or if they're talking to a partner, a potential partner, and they start to get flushed. Yeah. This foam will detect the rise in temperature in the body and will probably give her more cleavage. <laughs> Which I think is just brilliant. So the bra that will flirt for you. That's um that that's that's a special special kind of bra. It I is. think uh, I think a lot of people a lot of people on both sides of the field are going to be quite happy at that. <laughs> James from Melbourne says, "You know what makes the best bra?" My hands. Uh, oh, dear. No, I think it's a great-looking bra, and I actually think that... Look, all- you've got to admit, look, jokes aside, tech-wise, that's quite cool. That's cool, and I want my wife to have one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find her one for Christmas. And so does Autonomous. <laughs> she wants one as well. Well, there you go. I think that, I think that is an excellent, excellent design. They just, need, they just need to work. Let me just bring that picture up a little bit. Now, Autonomous, just tell me, you, they just need to make it a little bit sexier. It's yeah. kind of plain. Well, look, it's the first draft of them, Dave. Give them time, <laughs> all right? So please explain to me this next one. Because... Uh, the next one. Oh, oh um, 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 okay, tablets. We've, we've talked about tablets. We've, we've talked about the Galaxy Tab, and we've talked about the Galaxy uh, uh, the phones and the 7 inches and the streaks. The whole concept of a 5-inch tablet doesn't make any sense at all to me. But ViewSonic, we all know the company ViewSonic. ViewSonic Australia has launched, they're not available yet, but they've had their launch thing, their two new tablets. They've launched what they call the ViewPad 7, which is a 7-inch tablet, and the ViewPad 10, which is a 10-inch tablet. Wow. They're Way both to, get, like, do the exact same thing. Here's where it gets a little bit interesting, though. Now, uh, I actually think they're overpriced to start with because they actually do have some pricing here. And I think the 10-inch is, like... Oh, here we go. The ViewPad 7 will be $699. So the 7-inch is as expensive as the cheapest iPad. Yeah, but you don't know what functionality <coughs> it has, Dave. To be Android. Fa- no, to be fair, think about the Samsung. That's true. Samsung is 1028 That's true. And the ViewPad 10 is going to come in at $799, but the ViewPad 10 is the one that's interesting because it can dual boot. And uh, can I also ask, Dave, how big's the drive in it? Do we know? Uh, they don't tell me that. It's uh, ViewPad 7 displays 800 by 480. Um, 
600 is a more common horizontal resolution, but the ViewPad 7 is optimized for Android 2.2. The doesn't say what the screen resolution is of the 10, but I'm sure it's higher than that. They don't say drive size in this article. But if you go to the ViewSonic website, they have these on there, and you can look at all their stuff. Mm-hmm. It says the AV side is covered off with dual 3D speakers, high-resolution image support, audio-visual entertainment, and the list goes on. Uh, Android Marketplace uh, apps, uh, it accepts... Um, uh, where are we? Uh, so you can have up to 100,000 apps, it says. Uh, the suite of bundled apps is reasonable with documents to go, Google Maps, Voice Search, Gmail, YouTube, as well as 3G video calls. Now, did you hear that part? This is the part that's also important is that the 7-inch, I don't know about the 10, but the 7-inch is also a phone. Well, there you go. So there's a phone built into it as well. Uh, now, the thing I thought was really interesting, though, the, my, the in- most interesting part to this that I thought was that the 10-inch version, not the 7-inch version, but the 10-inch version can dual boot between Amazon and Windows 7. Wow. So it can dual boot. It doesn't actually come with Windows 7, but you can add Windows 7 to it. You have to buy your own operating system, obviously. But it yeah. will dual boot Windows 7 Home Premium and Android. Wow. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. So that's probably the most interesting aspect of it was the fact that it could do that dual boot. Mm. And the fact that it's Android, which means it probably has USB ports and other bits and pieces the iPad doesn't have. Well, Look, I'm just really skeptical. Let's continue on, and I will let you know. If you could find out what the drive sizes and stuff on that would be, that would be great. Mm. Um, so I just thought that it's interesting. It's always interesting to see what's happening in the tablet market because a year ago, everybody talked about their tablets. And then when the iPad came out, everybody disappeared. Yeah, And now they're all starting to sneak back in again. So uh, we're starting to see more of them. Does everybody like a good massage? I like a good massage. I like a good massage. Does everybody like a good vibrator? I like uh, a good vibrator. <laughs> all right. Don't answer that because... I'm not planning to. Don't answer that because no matter what vibrator you have, it's not going to be in this league. I'm going to buy one of these. I think this is the coolest looking little thing in the world. Have a look at this video. Wee me! All right, so the audio listeners, what you're looking at here is there's a narrator who's going to speak in a second, but what you're actually looking at here is a little robot. Here at DreamBox, we've developed a new, innovative product it just, called Wee. It's Wee funky. Wee is a palm-sized robot that gently massages and caresses as it moves slowly across your body. It's using unique sensor technology. Okay, so that's pretty cool. So basically, it has integrated circuits, and it steers itself, moves itself all around where you put it, and it doesn't fall off. It actually detects the edges and knows where you are and just keeps moving around the one little area. Now... This is where it gets a little strange, because it's, you know, a little soft vibrator, and, you know, it goes around your back, and this girl's... I'm sorry, she looks like she's enjoying this just a little bit too much. <laughs> I love the way it actually comes up with enjoy on the screen. It's like, ah, ha, ha, yeah. Now, I can understand the belly because it's like for period pain and stuff like that, and I think that's really neat. But I'm quite trying to figure out what kind of muscle pains do you have on your chest? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting design. Now, if she was wearing the NASA bra, do you think it would have gone into a heavier cleavage at that, at that point is what I want to know. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> you know, let's just roll these back, you know. All right, now the other piece of uh, robot goodness. Oh, Delta, stop it. Delta wants to know if it comes with a penis attachment. Stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Behave. We're talking about these things. It's a massager, doesn't... dude. Yes. All right. Now, the other piece of little uh, robot tech that I thought was really cool. This isn't really robot. This is just machinery. Now, I have mercifully, mercifully edited this video down, okay, because it was very long because it was all about the behind the scenes of how they made it, mm-hmm. and it was all in German. So I cut all that off and just showed you the device itself. If you've ever been one of those people who has done all the right things, you buy the bicycle lock, and you lock it to the lamppost and then you come back and the wheels are gone or somebody's cut the chain or whatever and your bike is still gone you will appreciate this bike lock this is a piece of german ingenuity are you ready check this out rides up to the pole pulls out his lock hooks his bike on and off it goes wow that is just amazing (laughs) and it climbs the pole and just sits at the top of the pole rather than down on the road that is just fantastic. The problem I see is four or five people hooked to the same pole, and then you've got to wait for the various people yep. to come because yours is at the top. 
you get there and someone's done it, you're like, son of a bitch! <laughs> Who's parked in front of me? <laughs> so uh, I thought that was pretty cool. All right, let's talk a little bit about Christmas shopping, Josh, because it's that time of year. It is the 4th of December. It is literally 21 days till Christmas, and every show that we do between now and our Christmas break is really going to be kind of Christmas heavy. Mm-hmm. So I thought we should talk about some geek Christmas shopping. Yeah. Things that, as geeks, we could either give to our loved ones or our loved ones could give to us. And the first yeah. one I want to bring up is this one. Now, anybody who has an iPhone, and I'm going to assume this kind of works with iPod Touch as well, but I think it's shaped for the iPhone 4, is an amplifier. Now, we've all seen the speakers that you plug in and blah, blah, blah. But this one's kind of special because this one doesn't require power. Yeah. This is, and it looks kind of art deco and weird anyway. Have a look at this. It's like one of those old-fashioned uh, gramophone. gramophone things. You plug your iPhone into it, no power required, and it pumps out big sound through this gramophone that, uh, plugging. That's freaking cool, man. How it's much are we talking? 900 US dollars. Wow. Oh, no, no, sorry. Its predecessor was $900. This iPhone, what is it? Phone Phone 3 is $200 US. Still expensive. It's well. It's still it's still kind of nice if it does good sound. Yeah, and it would look good in your living room too. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool, but even cooler, even cooler than that. Quite frankly, this is the coolest thing I have seen in quite some time. Now I'm I actually quite excited. Right? I've heard about this before. Um, I've heard about this before, but I've never actually seen it in action. Okay. Have you heard about the AR drones? These are these uh, drones that um, are like little helicopters. Yeah. Uh, hang on, my laptop has decided to play sound all by itself. Shush. <laughs> um, they are these drones that basically the controller is your iPhone. So it's like a remote-controlled airplane, but the iPhone acts as, right, as right. your controller. Yeah. Let's take that one step further. And if you've got a pair of those drones, um, why not make a combat game? Oh, wow. Check this out. This is quite possibly the coolest thing I've ever seen. Isn't it awesome? Because they've got little cameras in them, so you can actually watch what's going on out the camera. That's just amazing. I want one. (laughs) Dude, that's so cool. Oh, dude, we have to get these. The only problem is that they're hundreds of dollars. So? I think each AR unit is about 350 US dollars for the AR drones. So they're actually quite expensive. And apparently it's not the only one. There's also a helicopter that you can buy. That is no, actually, dude, those are way cooler. But that thing and is awesome. And that thing awesome. won't break, dude, because like, they're, they're really <laughs> well built. And I love the fact that you put the tape on it, which actually registers the hits. So you've got a score yeah. in the view of your iPhone. So you can see who's getting more hits. I think that is awesome. <laughs> quite frankly... And where can you buy them? I think the only place you can buy them is on their web- website. It's uh, at ardrone.parrot.com forward slash parrot dash ar dash drone forward slash en for English. Um, so you can get it there. Or you can pre-order it now at androne.com.au. There you Apparently. go. Um, but, yeah, uh, one other thing. Dave, I thought you might just want a few specs on sure, that. Sure, yeah, 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 go there, for it. There's no specs on the 10-inch yet. Um, yeah, I think the seven inch is coming out first. So. Yeah, the seven inch uh, is coming with a Qualcomm. Uh, I won't give you the numbers. Six hundred megahertz processor. Oh, it's a bit weak. Yeah, isn't it's it? a bit weak. <clears throat> uh, five twelve of RAM and five twelve well. of flash RAM. Is the iPhone's carrying a gig now, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, it's carrying no. Yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah it's no, it is. Yeah, um, it's also got a slot for up to thirty two on a micro SD, so it's all external storage, not internal. Uh, the other thing about it is it has a native resolution 800 by 480. It has a 3D accelerator in it. It has a 3 megapixel camera. Um, on the device, it has a micro, uh, sorry, a mini USB port and a SIM slot, obviously. Yep. So it seems to me, man, like 
You know what? It's actually really underpowered. It's kind of underpowered. I have to agree it's with It's really you underpowered, and the resolution's really low. We have to talk to ViewSonic, see if we can get him to send us one. Yeah, we need a demo unit. <laughs> we need a demo unit on that, because those specs, I'm not that impressed by. I'd like to yeah. see what the 10 is. Yeah. Because you know what? The 7 just sounds like a very large, underpowered phone. Yep. Is what it kind of sounds like. Agreed. I'd rather spend my money on the Parrot, quite frankly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave, but I think we have to get those. All right, and the last one, uh, this was a little gadget for your iPhone or iPad. At this point, only the iPhone version is available, but the picture will show you the iPad version. I want this, and this will actually roll us straight into our apps of the week. Um, I am an old-fashioned, old-school pinball addict. I love pinball machines. Right. When I was a kid, I used to play pinball machines all the time. Right. And I love, I used to play when, if you remember, when Windows 90 five came out mm. um it had that fantastic pinball app yeah yeah, yeah fan- of course pinball game. played the crap me out too of that played thing. the crap out of that game i recently uh have been looking for a good pinball app for the ipad and i'll come back to the apps in a second but check out this if you want to take your ipad and take it to the next level here is the pinball machine case for your ipad <laughs> oh my god that is so funky isn't that cool Do the apparently buttons- i don't know if the buttons actually work they must work in some way, I don't know. Yeah, well, there's nothing to click on, so it must do. I don't know. But it's that's really so cool cute. looking. Apparently, there's an iPhone. That's the iPad version. The iPhone version is the one that's available. But could you imagine how small it would be? Yeah. <laughs> I would I'm like it just as something to put my phone on when it's just sitting there not doing anything. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, so there you go. You could also get the Geek, the pinball machine. And that will roll us straight into... Um, uh, first, before we get into our apps, we just want to talk about a little piece of history because... We like to do a little bit of history of the day, and I thought it would be uh, interesting. Uh, Delta Knight brought this article to my attention. I thought this would be the interesting one to talk about, which is that Sam Cohen, and I have a picture of him. He's here. He's a disturbing-looking man. Sam, Sam Cohen uh, is the man who conceived of the neutron bomb. He's the oh. man who came up with the idea that wouldn't it be a good idea to create a bomb that would kill... All the people, but leave all the buildings standing. This was in the height of the Cold War, and the idea was, well, if we have nuclear devastation, we destroy all the buildings, we still have to wait till half-life, and then we've got to rebuild. Wouldn't yeah. it be neat that you didn't have to rebuild? You could just move in after the radiation subsided. And yeah. so he came up with this concept of this bomb. Well, it turns out that the concept... He died at 89 this week, by the way, which is why we're talking about him. But it turns out that uh, the neutron bomb was actually a bit of a lie. And if you yeah. read through the history of it, it still had to explode. Yeah, it kind of had to do that to create a shockwave. Yeah. And so this whole concept that it would leave all the buildings untouched was actually a bit of a misnomer. And this is one of the reasons why it never took off yeah. and why it was never really used, aside from the fact that the Geneva Convention said, oh, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> as close to germ warfare as you can get, you know. But um, it basically uh, would still knock down a great percentage of the city because it would have to explode. So it was never really picked up. But it was a very fearful thing. I remember myself in, as a child in the 70s, a lot of people talked about the, the, the scariness of the neutron bomb. And it was a real mystique around the concept of this bomb. And uh, luckily, it never really happened. So, right. um, so there you go. There's your little piece of history. The creator of the neutron bomb has died, ironically, oh. of cancer. Wow. <clears throat> Well, that's kind that of, is ironic. Yeah, it is ironic, isn't it? All right, uh, we have one little piece of feedback here that we're going to say before we get into our apps. It's from Tim Hooper. And Tim Hooper said, he sent us a link and said, it's also a great solution to your Aircon Woes podcast carrier style. Apparently, the British government has put an aircraft carrier up for sale. And he's saying we should put a bid in for it because we could go out in the who high put, seas. Who put this out? <laughs> who put that there? Tim Hooper is his name. Tim Hooper. I, I have to say, man, I love you and I love the way that you think because that's awesome that you would go to that place in your mind. I'm really, really impressed. But you may also remember we said you guys are buying it. That's so. right. And, and also you have to remember that if you do buy this, there's some renovations required because the Navy has already taken the engines out of it. I don't so. think we need any. Engines, Dave. Well, well be if we want to go out into the high seas, we do. Come on. Dude, we can do that later, okay? For now, for now, let's not be greedy. They're going to buy us a whole aircraft, aircraft carrier. carrier. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, it does say in the article that it is very likely that whoever buys the aircraft carrier is buying it for scrap metal because it is tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of steel. Yeah, I guess. And uh, they're hoping to raise several million dollars uh, just for the steel alone. So I don't think anybody actually expects it to still be on the sea. No. They expect it to be ripped apart. But anyway, that was our feedback. I'm with the ton of mouse. We could just row it. 
all of you would have to <laughs> you'd all be coming with us <laughs> alright once again I'm just going to throw this out there we need your feedback on an idea only one person's written to us Delta thank you uh, only one person wrote to us about this I need the rest of you to write to us we really need your help on this because we're trying to make a decision and it's a decision that is a hard one to make we are thinking in the new year which is only four episodes away Okay, we need uh, your feedback because in the new year, we are thinking about combining the tech show and the after show into one geek show. So Mm. a bit of tech, a bit of weirdness, a bit of food, a bit of everything, just a kind of uh, weirdness geek show. Um, The film show will still be its own entity. And then so it'll basically become two shows rather than three. Mm. Um, We need your feedback. If you think this is a good idea or a bad idea, please send your feedback to feedback at geekactually.com. And please don't just say, no, bad idea, good idea. Give us some arguments on it. We'd like to know what you have to say about it. All right, let's talk about our IS News and Apps of the Week. I'm going to start very quickly because I think you all know what one of my apps is anyway, so I might as well start off and say that my app um, I, in fact, will even bring it up here. It's called Pinball 3D. Now, yeah. I think it costs $1.19, I think, mm-hmm. from memory. I could be a little bit wrong about that. But it looks a little bit like, if I can find it again. Hold on, I've lost it in my apps. It, it looks a little bit like, where are you, Pinball? God damn it, where'd you go? Seriously, <laughs> how many apps do you have on oh, that thing? A lot. All right, uh, it looks a little bit like this. You're going to, yeah. There we go. It looks a little bit like this. It's actually a 3D pinball game. And we'll bring this over here like this. And basically, you just fire your ball off, and then you have control of your flippers. How much was that one? It's like $1.19. That's so cool. And it was a lot of fun. We were playing with it last night. My wife and I were both playing with it last night. And we had so much fun with this thing. Mm. The other app I'm going to recommend to you is, um, now, a few weeks ago, I actually said when we did our special on um, apps that you should have. One of them was a free app called ABC. And basically, it was the ABC News app. You could go and watch the ABC News interviews and news shows on your iPad. And that was all very cool. But it was missing some functionality. This week, ABC has actually officially released the iView app. If you are a fan of ABC content, Mm. and we're not just talking about news. We're talking about their comedies, their shows, everything. Mm. Anything that goes onto iView, which is their on-web playback is now on the ipad and the app is free yeah and the other bonus to this is and there's a lot of you out there because it is the big one of the biggest isps in australia if you are an ii net customer just remember all iview traffic is free oh, it is it is yeah. quota free so grab your iview and i was watching faulty towers last night on my ipad and it was awesome and uh, have some fun with that so that's my two apps uh is abc iview and Pinball, what is it? What does it call it again? Pinball 3D? 3D Pinball? 3, pinball HD. Pinball HD? Pinball HD, yes. Pinball HD. I'll have to get I'll that put one. the links to these. I'll put the, sorry, the full names and, and distributors up in the show notes as of always. Of course. And Josh. All right, well, um, my two for this week. Uh, one is actually more of an application I've just started using, as in like I finally found a use for it. Um, and I think it's one of those apps that I know a lot of people have looked at and never got. And I understand why. If you ever need to transfer like one picture or one music file, or you just want to like be friends on Facebook or something like that, Bump is actually kind of useful. It's one of those apps I look at and look at and look at and never. Well, you see, like normally to transfer files, like uh, a picture file or something like that, to my iPad to edit it or Mm -hmm. something like this, I would have to plug in the cable, transfer the file down. If I just want to send one picture, all I have to do is pick up my iPad and my iPhone and just bash them together once. Do you actually goes, have to knock them together? You just have to shake them in the direction. Shake them in each other. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't have to, like, smack them I always together. Thought this, what would the bumping actually be doing? I think it's just it's the... It's the shaking Yeah, action. exactly. It's the, it's the movement that basically gets them to sense each other right. in close proximity. But, yeah, you go like that, and then you press yes on both, and it just transfers the files over. Um, look, I mean, it's... It, it's useful if you just need to do something quickly. And I finally used it. It's been on my thing for ages. I've just never actually used it. So that's one. Uh, my other We app- will try this out this afternoon because I'm going to put bump on my... All right. My other one is everybody will know that I'm obsessed with note-taking 
uh, software. We, you and me both are, really. A little like, bit, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, it's basically, we. It, the concept is that we're using the device. One of its primary functions is, is taking down information. And it's like, you know, we've shown you apps so far that, uh, like, we've shown you Note Taker HD, which, you know, sort of autocorrects the corners of your lines, mm-hmm. uh, has wrist support, and so on and so forth. We've shown you ones like Note Taker HD, which has the ability to kind of zoom in on a section and work on it and, uh, you know, sort of have that writing yep, yep. ability. We've shown you, yep, we've shown you Audio Note, which was uh, the concept of basically getting something where you could write. And uh, to be honest, this, that still has functionality that doesn't replace this. But I found an app that does it all and does all of it together. I'm listening. Um, the, app is called, uh, uh, the app is called Note Plus. Note Plus is $1.20. It's on special at the moment. Again, I don't know if audio users are going to get it by that time, but it's 80% off. So it's a good time to buy it. Basically, the concept beside it, it's white, so you're not really going to be able to get a very good thing. The layout <laughs> is very much just notepad. Yep. So the, you know, the actual... It looks like is, a, the, the yeah. analogy is a notebook. Yeah, so. I mean, we, you can actually even flick it into yellow if you want. So you could basically create the so same you can system. Make it look like a legal so pad. You can, yeah. you can, uh, you can nah, do that. I'm still not getting it. Um, Basically, the concept behind it is that you can scribble and it has the autocorrect, so it will actually round your lines and so on and so forth. Um, It has the ability to uh, circle anything that you've done and actually pull and move that around. That's a feature I like. That's a feature that's really cool. You can actually press and hold, and it will actually come up with... uh, You probably can't see that, but it'll actually come up with the section where you can actually write, and it will actually... So that's like note-taker HD. So it's like note-taker HD, which is very cool. Um, It has the ability to, obviously, import text Mm -hmm. uh, and put it wherever. To type, you actually just double-tap with two fingers, and you can start typing from that location, which is very cool. Um, That's a feature that I thought was really awesome. On top of that, uh, it recognizes shapes, so you can actually draw a shape, and it will lock to that shape and then say, is that what you meant? And it's a matter of yes or no. Very quick, very responsive. It also records audio, which is really cool. So there's your audio Um, So, yeah, and um, it also does the note-taker style thing where you have projects and inside the project you can have as many notes as you want this can be exported to google documents it can be exported as a pdf Mm -hmm. so i mean like the concept is that it's just stuck together all those apps that we really liked and created one ultimate app and to be honest it is the best note-taking software i mean i can't write freehand um very well and the other thing is that it has the ability for a palm pad but the palm pad can be moved adjusted up and down the screen And basically, you can just write up the top and then move it back down as you go down the page. That's very cool. How much is that again? And it's a dollar twenty. I gotta get that this afternoon. I gotta yep. play with it. I'm, unlike you, I'm a little bit obsessed by the idea of note taking on the iPad. So far, um, <clears throat> so far obsessed. In fact, Josh, I haven't told you yet, but I've ordered a Griffin pen. Yeah. So we can finally compare the two. Yeah, I found a Griffin pen online. I've ordered it, and hopefully it'll be here in the next week or so because we both use Pogo pens at the moment. Yeah, and uh, I have been reading all these reviews about the Griffin pen, who actually say that it is far better, which yeah. are the same reviews you were reading. Yeah, but we were having trouble finding one, and now I've actually found. That's a really ironic, Dave, because I've actually also ordered one. Oh, there you go. So, so it's the yeah. dual it's the dueling pens at the moment. Yeah. So I'm going to have two pens attached to my iPad. If you listen, mm. I have my iPad. Uh, for those who are in the chat room, video chat room, you'll see it. my iPad's not in it at the moment because it's on the desk keeping time for us. Mm. But you'll see that I have this lovely leather folder. It actually has my Pogo pen sitting right here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, so it's, uh, yeah, the notebook analogy is almost gone out of control. Um, but the other thing that I really like about it, man, is it becomes very easy to separate up the page. Like the whole thing is that um, when I'm working with, you know, sort of multiple uh, like notes or something like that, or I'm drawing a bunch of applications, it's really nice to basically be able to create a separation area hmm. and actually just very simply. Now, sorry, we've, write, had, we've had in the chat room people saying Evernote, Evernote, Evernote. Evernote is not a note-taking app like yeah. this. Evernote is for taking snapshots, adding a quick caption to it, throwing it in there. It's basically for keeping records of stuff and all that sort of stuff this is actually note taking where you actually hand write notes uh, making your your iPad basically a piece of paper yeah, no, and I mean, I've used the Evernote system, guys, and trust me, it is nothing on this device. Like, it's 
This is much simpler, much easy to use, hmm. and uh, like I love Evernote. For those who are in there, I do use Evernote because. Hmm. But see, what I would do is I would say, take my note in uh, NoteTaker HD, save it as a file, and then throw it into Evernote to keep it onto a server. You know hmm. what I mean? So Evernote is where I keep that sort of stuff, but the actual note taking is a program. Like, Somebody's again, asked. We don't. Um, another thing, you can't, you can't see, see it, it on here. You can't see it very well. But the other thing that I thought was quite cool is basically if you fuck up a word, all you have to do is write is go. Forward see you and later, autonomous. Uh, forwards and backwards through the actual text, and it will delete just that word. It That's senses cool. the actual word and just removes that. That's cool. So basically, um, Delta Knights asked what case I've got. It's the Marware EcoView. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. It's a really nice case. Did you give them the name of it? The app. Somebody else did. Note Plus. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Note, Note Plus. plus. Uh, Numero Zero threw it in. Uh, no, actually, it's not <clears throat> called. Oh, yeah. Note Plus. Note yeah, Plus. Yeah. 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 All right. Actually... Well, we're going to have to move on because we're actually, actually out of time, Josh. If uh, We've reached that time again. So let's just do a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, just remember that any apps that we have recommended will be in our show notes, which you can find at geekactually.com. If you have anything that you want to recommend to us or you have comments or, or you want to offer us aircraft carriers or, you know, whatever it is, or you want to talk to us about – actually, no, I shouldn't say that because this is actually separate. Feedback about the merging of the shows goes to feedback at geekactually.com. Feedback for the tech show, if you actually just want to send us stuff for the tech show, it is a geektech at geekactually.com. Uh, so send your feedback there. Or if you just want to have your say, 02, Sydney number 02-8011-3167 is our voicemail line, and you can leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. Just make sure you try and keep it down to less than a minute long and keep on topic, please. Um, and, of course, abusive or offensive voicemails won't be played. Yep. Uh, you can get uh, all sorts of uh, merchandise like the lovely cups that we're using and stuff like that at uh, cafepress.com.au uh, forward slash geek actually. Um, I've actually put a link to that directly on our menu bar now, so it's even easier to find that. Uh, we have a fan page, facebook.com forward slash geek actually. And don't forget to get involved in our forums. Our forums have actually been a little bit busy lately. Uh, new people coming in and people starting to do stuff, so that's nice. really cool as well. There's a button right on the Front page of geekactually.com to take you to the forum. Um, now, uh, do check out our other shows. This is only the first of three shows at this point in time. Uh, our other shows are, of course, Film Actually, which is coming up next. And then we have the Geek Actually After Show. Mm. You can search for all these shows individually on iTunes, or you can find everything at geekactually.com. Now, Josh, aside from geekactually.com, <laughs> I believe that there is another site that people should go to. Uh, yes, rawdlc.com is the gaming website I also work for. Uh, check in on Monday. Uh, if everything goes well, uh, we are doing a collaboration final show, so we're kind of uh, sort of finishing off for the year, and we're finishing off in true uh, DLC style. We are going over to Job's house, and we are basically going to be doing a DLC gap um, mega situation where we will oh, all be getting together and we will be having like a last minute drunk show because we have been having a lot of people asking about that so and do you, are you guys taking a break over christmas we are we're taking a three-week break uh coming up over the next few things there will be articles still flowing up from time to time onto the site we're not going away it's just that the actual show will take a thing because we are looking at a basic restructuring and possibly just making sort of things understandable. I was about to say uh, the our news for us as well is that we will be taking two weeks off over Christmas. Mm. Uh, we always take a, a Christmas break. Usually, it's uh, only the Christmas weekend, mm. uh, but this year, yeah. unfortunately, uh, Christmas Day and New Year's Day both fall on Saturdays. Oh. So we are actually going to take two weekends off this year. So we have three, including this one, three more shows. So this one and two more, and then we take two weeks off and we'll be back in January. So, yeah. but we still. Have have two more weeks after this one so relax we're yeah. still here for a while <laughs> and we will be doing a christmas special um it's kind of a kind of a christmas special. we're not actually doing a dedicated christmas special but we'll be very christmassy in that last episode of the year because we are going out of course the last review of this year for film actually will be tron yeah so it's going to be a fairly mega show so um all right we're going to get ourselves out of here i, I should just mention very quickly because we haven't mentioned it at all uh i want to say thank you very much to the last two people who donated and i just remind people that we are trying to raise money to send uh, me over to the states to try and talk to the big players in the podcast world um we're trying to get our exposure up there um and we are trying to raise money it's called david storm's america tour Right on the front page of geekactually.com, right near the top of the sidebar, you'll see a donations button there. 
Um, yeah. For those who, uh, so if you want to, any any amount helps. Uh, our last donation was ten, it was two dollars, right? Any any amount helps. Two dollars up to whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, any help? We're trying to raise six thousand uh, dollars. It probably won't be in January, February, as I was hoping to be able to do this, but we will try and do it as soon as we get the money together to be able to do this. Yeah. Um, now, uh, at the request of our chat room, I have re-put up the other donations buttons as well. So if you don't want to donate to the David Storms America Tour, but you would like to donate to just the site to help us produce the show, mm. uh, if we always need new equipment, we always you know need coffee and blah, blah, blah. If you look below the <laughs> David Storms America Tour, we always need new flashlights, you know, that sort of stuff. There is actually just <laughs> there is just the general donation button to the site, and that's not part of the tour. That'll just uh, go straight to us, basically, yep. to help us function. And there's, you can also subscribe. If you are interested in subscribing, we have a button there that you can subscribe for $2 a month. <laughs> so, every, you know, so every $2 a month helps. Um, all right, so that is all of our, our begging and pleading and, pl- and, and all that sort of stuff that we do on this show. We are going to get ourselves out of here. We just want to have one quick shout-out to two people. First person is Josh Spencer at attackninja.blogspot.com. He does our lovely cover art, and he's fantastically talented. And the other person we're going to do a shout-out to is Grant Noy, who wrote our wonderful theme yeah. for this show. And we don't give him enough credit, and he should have credit all the time because he, uh, the theme to this show wouldn't exist without him. And one last thing before we go. Remember, you can always catch us live with our chat room, which is quite active today. Uh, we have a chat room here, geekactually.com forward slash live. Recording day starts at 12 p.m. on Saturdays, Australian time. Come and join the chat room. We record all three shows back to back, starting with tech. We'll have a laugh. And we'll have a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And we're going to get ourselves out of here. Josh, you got anything else you want to plug? Uh no, I actually think I did, but uh, we'll just say no. Well, the Mo's gone now. So. Yes, the Mo's gone, so uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> Give Dave money now instead. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to get out of here, guys. Thank Ooh. you very much. Uh, we'll see you all next week. All right, bye. Bye now.